previously on Murder at Ryan's Run. My mom was at work and he called one day and they were just talking and I don't know how they even got on the subject, but if anything ever happened to me, like, I want to be cremated. And my mom's like, don't talk like that or whatever. Like there was danger for himself if he wasn't careful in how he proceeded. There was an incident here. There was a murder. John's dead. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, he's what? She's like, you heard me. He's, she's like, he's dead. I was like, what happened to him? She's like, just get down here. She's like, I don't want to be talking about this on the phone. Get down here. I remember being totally freaked out. Forgive my language here, but holy shit. This is really bad. He didn't have an enemy. There was nobody would have done this to John. Nobody. Unless they had something against him. I am Beth McNamara, and this is the investigative podcast series, Murder at Ryan's Run. In all murder investigations, detectives first look at the people closest to the victim, starting with the romantic partners or the ex-romantic partners. When John Gilbride is murdered on Thursday, September 26, 2002, he has both an ex-wife and a current wife. By now, you are quite familiar with John's ex-wife, Alberta, leader of the move cult. John's wife at the time of his murder is 24-year-old Rosario Arias from the Dominican Republic. John meets Rosario while on vacation because as a U.S. Air employee, you get free plane tickets for yourself and your family, and John loves to travel. It seems that John and Rosario meet in the Dominican Republic in 2001, and it's going well enough that he wants to make their relationship known to his family. This is Jack Gilbride, John's dad. John got his uh, ticket, fly in, stay someplace down there, Francis and I. And we were to meet her, and we met her, and she's really a very nice person, didn't speak English, but <laughs> neither we don't speak Spanish. But John did both, so that took care of that problem. But anyway, that all went well, and that's how we met her. That she was worked at a casino, I believe, in Dominican Republic. She came to visit John in, let's say, the spring. Of what year? 202. I only know about what John sort of casually mentioned, didn't give me a detail. So according to Jack's timeline, Rosario makes a trip from her home in the Dominican Republic to come visit John in New Jersey in the spring of 2002, which is six months or less before John's murder in September of that year. They decided while she was visiting to go and get married. This is the first time she'd ever visited him in the state? Correct. Certificate of marriage, state of Maryland. This is Bob Helms, anarchist, former MOVE supporter, my podcast partner, and the one on our team that tracks down archival records like a bloodhound. And he has the marriage certificate for John and Rosario. 25th day of April, 2002, the following persons were by me, united in marriage at Bel Air, Maryland. Groom's name, John Joseph Gilbride, age 33. Groom's residence, 55 East Kings Highway, Maple Shade, New Jersey, marital status, divorced. This marriage document also shows that John has already moved into the two-bedroom unit number 304 in preparation that he will win unsupervised weekends with Zach. Bride's name, Rosario Bienvenida Arias, age 24. Birth state, Dominican Republic. Bride's residence, 55 East King Highway, apartment 304. Maple Shade, New Jersey. Marital status, single. License date, 4-5-2002. So they got the license on the 5th, and they got married on the 25th. So they got married at the courthouse? Looks like. Yep. This document tells us that Rosario did not provide her address in the Dominican Republic. 
Right. John's family isn't at the courthouse wedding because it seems that John is keeping this a secret. So you you just thought that they had been dating and then she was gone. You didn't know anything until after. About the marriage? No, not at all. Before the week was out, she left him and went back to Dominican Republic. John's sister, Alicia, wonders if Rosario's hasty departure might have something to do with move. Because there's a story of them driving down one of the streets um, in New Jersey, actually. Mm -hmm. And John noticed move in one of the cars and told her, get down, get down, get down. I think spooked her a little bit. Mario Africa spoke in previous episodes about MOVE members and MOVE supporters surveilling John at work and at home, so maybe they were aware of Rosario. This is former MOVE supporter Tony Allen. One night, one of the MOVE members, maybe he called me in the afternoon, said, we need to do something with your car. He wanted me to come with him to somewhere in New Jersey, northern Jersey. It was a bit of a drive, because he wanted to find out if John had this property out there and was renting to these people. That was a story. So anyways, we drove out there and we're sitting outside, you know, we're on the street. It's not the, like the best neighborhood. There's just binoculars and everything watching this house. What we're actually looking for, I don't know, but I don't know why we were really there. Uh, I don't know if like they thought maybe John was with somebody who lived out there. I, I don't know. Now her parents live in North Jersey. To this day? I don't know about now. It's mm. so long ago, and they I don't know how old they are. I think Alberta had gotten wind that John was with someone else. This is Mario Africa, who was part of Alberta's inner circle of move at the time. She got particularly crazy, and once she found out that John either had a girlfriend, and so this may have been, I would say, like 2001 or early 2002, she really seemed to hit the roof, and that's when the surveillance started. She's a really violently jealous person. So it's possible that Alberta is having John and Rosario surveilled, and that's why Rosario leaves John so quickly after saying, I do going back to the Dominican Republic. Or maybe she returned based on this piece of information from Alicia Gilbride. She had two kids, yeah. She had two kids? kids back in, yeah. In the Dominican. Mm -hmm. How old? I don't, I mean, there's pictures somewhere here. There's pictures of those kids um, and her and that kind of thing. And they were like, I'm going to say maybe seven, ten. So all we really know is that Rosario leaves John, goes back to the Dominican Republic. And then the next piece of paper, actual filing that we can find, is that John Gilbride files for an annulment on May 19th, 2002, just 25 days after they get married. This is Jack Gilbride again. They did it in English initially, and that took made it take longer because it had to all be converted to Spanish. For her. For her, yes. And that hadn't been completed by the time John got murdered. I think we spoke about it on the phone, like how you found out they had actually been married. It goes back to U.S. Air. John had an insurance policy that happened to pay double indemnity. So it was worth about 180000 Double indemnity means double the payout in cases of death caused by accidental means, which includes murder. But the murderer or any co-conspirators cannot benefit from that death. Life insurance. And uh, by rights, it would come to his parents because that's what it was originally there. But they were very soft about responding to us. Like they were trying to be nice to us and not tell us the true facts. Eventually, there was no choice. The money went to her. And the reason being that at that time, they were still legally married. So when you have your life insurance, usually you can designate. So John had designated you guys. Well, no, he switched it. To her. 
to her when they got married. In that one week? never got back to going, you know, taking care of it or correcting that. I'm surprised he wouldn't have designated Zach. He didn't want her. Oh, how would know that would give him the money to move? I see. Even if he put it in a trust. Who's going to handle it if it moves? No, no. you got to start. Yeah. So after John's murder, did you ever hear from Rosario? Yes. And can you tell me what that was? What she how that happened? Expressed her sympathy and everything like that. Very sincere. And that was basically it. One time, I think. How soon after? Not long. Maybe within a week. Did you notify her, or someone else had? And the police did. Uh-huh. They found out about it and found out about her. Well, or it might have even been the insurance. When she called you, did she call you from within the United States or from the Dominican? Good question. I'm not positive, but I think I want to say she called from her parents' house. So she was in the United States. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just a reminder, this is back in 2002, and not everyone had a cell phone. So likely this call from Rosario to the Gilbrides was landline to landline. Did she ever go back to the Dominican, or she lives in the U.S.? I don't know that for a fact. I think they, she did. I know the police wanted to talk with her. Uh, I don't even know if they ever succeeded. You know, here's this young woman. You don't know her very well. Um, they get married. They get, he files for an annulment. It doesn't go. It hasn't gone through. He gets murdered. She walks away with the money. I'm not even sure she knew that existed. Yeah, that that's the thing. I don't think she even knew that that. You would Are we being naive? Is that what you're saying to yourself? I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. like I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Did she ever file for citizenship? Don't know that. You don't know. I don't think it got that far to file for citizenship with John. Like after that one phone call, I guess we don't really had any contact mm-hmm. with her all these years. You had a phone number for her? No, no, I don't think so. She called us. Okay. Yeah. In the spring of 2020, I spend two days with the Gilbride family going through boxes of John's papers. This some of the documentation. It's got oh loads of it here that you might want to peruse and take a look. And was that ever given over to the police? Like, did you give they, everything they you have? They reviewed all this stuff. Oh, they it had. Back to me. I'm looking for, like, any document with Rosario's name on it. Rosario's name. Because with with the way um, Latin names are, like, you know, how there's, like, a double last name. Yeah. There, we have some, yeah, yeah, we even have the, what you're describing. But it's, like, letters that she might have sent or some letter to her. Unfortunately, there is nothing in these boxes about Rosario, except one picture that we think could be her. It's a girl in her early 20s. She has long black hair, tied back in a ponytail. She's leaning against a white interior wall with her right hand, and there's a ring on her left-hand ring finger. She's smiling and looks happy to be posing for the person behind the camera. We take this picture and see if we can find anybody on social media that looks like her. What would this girl look like 20 years older than this photo. Bob and I are not having any luck with social media in finding Rosario. And we're realizing it's not easy to find people in the Dominican Republic, period. I've been told the police still have possession of John's cell phone. But then I wonder, what about John's computer? And I find out that John's computer was searched and processed by investigators, but then returned to the Gilbrides and they still have it. Now it's just a matter of, will this old computer actually turn back on? Alicia Gilbride's son, Jason, was just four years old when his uncle John was murdered in 2002. 
and he volunteers to help with the old computer, and so brings it up from the basement, powers it up, and calls me. Hi, Beth. Have you been? Good. Jason and I are talking over Zoom, and at age 22, he resembles John a lot at that age. Dark hair, a beard, his personality is easygoing, kind of shy, but when he gets comfortable, he gives you a big, warm smile. What year is the computer from, and what brand is it? It's a compact. Um, and I have no idea what year it's from. I would guess late 90s. And it's a desktop, right? Yeah. Jason powers on the old computer. All right. It was like a password screen, but all I did was hit escape and that went away. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Jason finds that John has bookmarked the LA Lakers website. That was John's favorite team. He loved Kobe Bryant. On a trip to LA, John had even gotten Kobe to autograph something for Zach, but he never got the chance to give it to Zach. Jason doesn't have any luck getting into John's email account, but he does get into John's files. How many documents are on the computer, would you say? I would say roughly 25 to 30. I'm pretty sure there's a document about the annulment I'm trying to look for right now. There's a letter that says here, uh, in response to your note, I received May 15th, the birthday of Rosario. Benvenida Arias Guzman is 1978. That was sent May 16, 2002. Can you send me that document? Yeah. Jason takes a picture of the computer screen and texts it to me. This letter on John's computer is not addressed to a lawyer or the court, and it has nothing to do with annulling the marriage to Rosario. This letter is addressed to INS, Immigration and Naturalization Services, which at the time was under the U.S. Department of Justice. In 2003, it was replaced by the Department of Homeland Security. In this letter, it seems as though John is responding to the letter from INS dated May 15, 2002, about Rosario's birthday. So it seems that Rosario must have applied for some kind of citizenship after marrying John. So on paper, it appears that the marriage and the relationship is still intact. But then three days later, on May 19th, John files for an annulment. What happens with Rosario's application for citizenship after John is murdered? Legally, she's the widow of an American citizen. In the summer of 2020, I put in a Freedom of Information Act request, a FOIA, for any and all files on John Gilbride. And finally, after a year, I get an email from the FBI. For Bob and I, this is like Christmas morning, and we always open the present together. I don't know what it says. I haven't even looked at it. All I did was pull it into the, the folder is FBI FOIA documents received 05-2021. Okay. Sitting down at my desk. Federal Bureau of Investigation FOIA. Deleted page information sheet. Total deleted pages equals 34. Okay. This is a 13-page document. Page 6. At the request of the Burlington County Prosecutor's Office, Special Agent Blank of the FBI Richmond Domestic Terrorism Squad, wow, was queried about Richmond activities of move. This is fantastic. So the last two paragraphs of page six say this. Some of it's been redacted. S.A. S.A. is Special Agent. Redaction. Was queried regarding the immigration status of Gilbride. Redaction, redaction, redaction. Date of birth, redaction, who is attempting to return to the U.S. from redaction. Special agent, redaction, advised that redaction had been sponsored by Gilbride for a redaction, which had been approved. For re-entry to the U.S., redaction is to report to the U.S. consulate in Santa Domingo with her expired visa 
and a copy of Gilbride's death certificate and can quote unquote self-petition for a new visa based on Gilbride's previously approved request. Additionally, Special Agent Redaction, FBI Legal Attaché Santa Domingo, was contacted and requested to have local authorities contact Redaction, Residence Redaction, and have her contact either Lieutenant Redaction or Detective Sergeant Redaction regarding this investigation. So it seems that both the detectives on John's murder case and the FBI have been in contact with Rosario. And it seems that John's letter to the INS dated May 16th, 2002, was received and that a visa for Rosario had been processed prior to John's death on September 26th of that year. So was Rosario in the Dominican Republic on the night of John's murder? We don't know. Did Rosario come back and collect the 180000 from John's life insurance? And did she stay in the Dominican or relocate to the United States? We don't know. Where is she now? We don't know. There would be no sense in calling the U.S. Embassy in the DR, right? No. She's not a, well, she could be a U.S. citizen. That's the big question. I mean, basically, it's like, I want somebody to hear the podcast and be like, I know that Rosario lady. Right. Maybe Rosario has made it so that she can't be found. We just hope that if she's listening to this podcast, that she'll reach out to us. Or if anybody possibly knows her, let her know that we're looking to reach her. Another page from the FBI file on John Gilbride that we received has a heading in all caps that reads evidence. And below is what looks like a checklist of evidence sought by investigators. At the bottom of this checklist, it says, check with board of realtors. Could this be related to the for sale sign at Alberta's house seen on Saturday, September 28th, the day after everyone hears that John was murdered? The for sale sign is Century 21 Alliance in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, where devoted MOVE supporter Gary Wonderland works as a realtor. Gary Wonderland, the realtor, is about to get a status upgrade in MOVE. And Gary was just like skipping, like, come on, Bert, come on, let's go, Bert. He's always happy when somebody gives him attention. And the podcast begins to follow the money. John had said he had paperwork to prove. Pam manipulated the money. A huge home. She was traveling to France. She was traveling around the globe, all over Europe, spending tons of money, extravagant jewelry. There were literally furs, not fake furs, but fur furs. She was sitting on top of all this money, and all this money belonged to other people. She was literally spending their money. All of that and so much more coming up next time on Murder at Ryan's Run. Aside from opening FBI documents with Bob, my favorite thing is getting emails and messages from listeners with questions, comments, and their own sleuthing discoveries about the case. Keep them coming. And of course, if you have any information about the murder of John Gilbride or about our continuing investigation, definitely get in touch with us. Our email is murder at ryansrun at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram for photos, documents, and news stories related to this episode and the series overall. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast. And if you feel up for it, please rate, review, and share it. Because just maybe the next listener has that missing puzzle piece to solve John's murder. Thanks for listening. This episode is hosted, reported, edited, and written by me, Beth McNamara. Archival research and producing by Robert Helms. 
The producers wish to stress that all individuals referenced in this podcast series are presumed innocent unless or until they are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law in the United States of America.